Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of iZombie Radio. I am one of your hosts, Blaze, and I am here with my two awesome friends, Sean and Chris. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm good. I mean, the day that we're recording this is the two-year anniversary of the first date with my girlfriend, so that's why we're doing this a little bit earlier, so I can go grab some pie, head over to her house, and, you know, enjoy the day. Yeah, there you go, man. That's awesome. Congratulations. Um, Twelve more days until our actual dating anniversary. Okay, but still, that's a nice little, I mean, on pie day and everything, you got a little nice way of celebrating and hanging out tonight. It's also three months before my birthday. Ooh. On the nose. Very nice. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's good. I mean, glad to hear you're having a lighter week, or at least not as uh, tiresome or stressful yet. I don't. Well, yeah, that's it's it's going to just because it's I... just Monday, Tuesday, and then <laughs> chillaxed. I'm caught up with all the DC shows for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still behind on everything else in my archive. So. <laughs> Aren't we all always? Oh yeah, but that's never a bad thing. And yeah. uh, Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. I'm pretty tired, but because uh, I'm I'm dog sitting at the moment. And for those of you who don't live in the northeastern part of the country, we got hit with a lot of snow today. The walkers and, are coming. Yeah, right. Well, it wasn't as bad as they thought. They thought it was going to be like a foot or foot or more, and then I was reading that apparently it's like the most people got were like was like nine inches. But uh, yeah, I'm do- I'm dog sitting for a friend this week. And, uh, the, the dogs came in like earlier than ever this morning to wake me up, to take them out and to feed them. And it was, so it was like at like, it's like right around 7am and I was not expecting them to come and wake me up that early. And I was up late last night and everything else has kind of just been like, it's kind of been a little out of it today. But, so basically uh, I'm correct to just think of you in a black John Snow, like cloak, trekking out into the snow with dogs yeah a little <laughs> bit yeah and i have no well, i'm on fire over yeah, here right i was gonna say it's the exact opposite out there uh, i will i would take the heat right now but uh but yeah no it's uh what's it called it's going pretty uh it's going pretty well though i'm just uh, excited to talk about the uh the episode and then watch Got some good TV to watch tonight. Got the finale of This Is Us and uh, the Americans, and so it should be a should be a good night. Very nice. I'm doing pretty well. I'm as Chris said, I'm stuck in the snow out here on the East Coast as well, but um, can't say I hate it. I've gotten some days off and everything from work, so finally just like cleaned my room, became a human being again. It's been good <laughs> stuff, <laughs> but um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to do this, and we it's awesome because as we sort of like got into last week, there's finally news coming out pretty consistently um, as we build closer and closer to the, the Season 3 premiere. So, um, so we pretty much have received a episode description, right? It was an episode or season. I, might, I could be wrong, but... 
um, I believe, an episode description. We also got some uh, promos, some little teasers of what to expect, um, as well as another news tidbit. But um, here we'll read out the the synopsis or the uh, little tease for the season. Um, in the third season, Liv has discovered there are more zombies living in Seattle than she previously believed. In fact, there is a private military contractor employing a small zombie army, and that army is preparing for the day humans learn of their existence. Major finds a job and acceptance in this army, and then for the episode, um, Liv and Clive investigate the murder of a zombie family that may just set off an all-out zombie-human war. Robbie's former boss at the Center for Disease Control shows up in Seattle to investigate the Max Rager massacre. Blaine finds living as a human with no memory of his evil past is more blessing than curse. Uh, Peyton pulls at a thread in one of her cases that may lead to the villain that's pulling all of the strings. Quite a lot. But uh, Chris, how do you feel about about this uh, new information, I guess? Um, it's cool. I'll be honest, some of it I, like, might not have wanted to read. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, you know, especially about, you know, the thing about Major joining the, you know, the, uh, sounds like Major's joining, um, Fillmore Graves and kind of, like, uh, helping out with their, like, zombie army. Um, and cer- certain details like that I wish I kind of didn't know. But overall, I mean, it's exciting stuff, uh. I, I like that we finally have an answer to what we were theorizing about uh, last week with the photos about who the third person was. Um, it, is, it seems like it's going to be Robbie's former boss that's in the morgue with him and Liv. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, I don't know. It just sounds it sounds really cool. Um, and I'm excited for it. And I do like, too, that we're getting some – uh, follow-up to the Max Max Rager Massacre from the Season 2 finale, because as awesome as that was... There's um, no way that was going, like, yeah, un, uh, yeah, untouched. Yeah like, yeah, like, if we spent most of the, uh... If, if we spent, like, a ton of, um... A ton of time in Season 2 investigating the Meat Cube Massacre, well, there's no way in hell we're getting away with not talking about the Max Rager one. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, no, it's uh, it's cool. There's a lot of exciting stuff. I'm honestly, I'm just so ready for the show to just start. Uh, <laughs> so and especially like after you know, I literally just before we got on here, just finished watching the episodes for our, our rewatch review, and I just like I just miss having the shows kind of like a weekly presence, um, in my life. So yeah, I'm I'm pumped for it to be back and some interesting stuff here. Again, last thing I'll say too about the major thing, it makes sense and I get it. Um, especially with him adjusting to become a zombie, but I'm hoping they do do something a little new with it because, I don't know, I feel like the past two seasons we've seen, like, Major kind of on the outside from his friends and doing something they don't, they don't either know about or approve of. Um, so, I don't know. I just hope there's not that, like, type of conflict again. I'm excited, as we'll talk more about with the with the promos and everything, how Liv is saying, like, no more secrets between us and everything like that. I'm more excited about what this new dynamic with the group will be, and I hope, you know, decisions like that won't drag it down. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Um, I'm one at this point, like, I've just 
you know, I think we can all say, obviously, here we've watched so much TV and so many movies. Um, I just like to stay kind of as much in the dark as I possibly can. So, I mean, I love hearing all of this. And uh, because of how close it is, it definitely has me much more excited. But, I, yeah, I think it would be fun to sort of just let let some of these things, uh, like, quietly play out or pop up as the season starts. And, like, and that be the first time that we... Uh, learn about them, I guess, or how big a part of the season they they really will be. Um, but Sean, what are your thoughts? How do you feel about these uh, this new season three information? Well, I'm just glad that there's news, but I also have a theory about okay. why Major would be joining Fillmore Graves. He could be joining as a plant, like so that he can transmit information to live. Mm-hmm and Ravi about what they're doing and keep everyone in the loop. Yeah, that would, that would definitely... be a fun thing to play out. Like how Drake, as we find out is an informant for the cops mm-hmm. sort of have him be an informant for team Z. I think that would be, I mean, I definitely like that. I think it would be fun too, because like you said, Chris, I really just don't want, I really want to see sort of major has earned he has earned the right and just, like, the ability. Like, he deserves to have a fresh plot and just something unique, finally. And, um, you know, when, when this news came out, Chris, I think we briefly talked, and you had mentioned, like, Major is a soldier. Like, his character is a soldier. So it was... Mm-hmm. It, it definitely felt very... Um, I guess, not... I don't want to say expected, but just, like, typical. I mean, it's... It's fitting in a way, um, but just because it's, like, fitting and almost somewhat predictable, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good move. And, I mean, yeah. obviously all judgment reserved until we actually yeah. see it play, play out in the show. But um, I just think that, uh, I don't know, I just, and, like, I understand the idea of him, like, finding his, like, purpose with... Um, Mm-mm. With, uh, wow, I'm sorry. I just shows how tired I am. Uh, with the, uh, with, with working with Fillmore Graves, like, as a soldier, you know, we've seen him, you know, kind of being this, like, you know, this kind of force for these different kind of, you know, companies or, or people over the past couple seasons. Um, it would make sense, but I just, I don't know. It feels it, it's it, to me unless they do something like Sean said, which I really like that idea. Yeah, same. Um, uh, I feel like it would be too much of a retread potentially, but uh, yeah, again, we'll, we'll kind of see how it all plays out. Again, it was just something that I like. I again, I didn't want to know it because now I'm like, uh, it's either gonna not be good or you know, yeah. like, now I, I, I don't even want to be. Too, like, it's almost too similar. Like you said, it's just like too similar that it puts all these. Immediate and I don't like, know. thoughts into your head about where it would go. I also think it's one. It's too specific. Everything else in that description to me is pretty vague. I mean, yeah. Aside from, I mean, even the case of the week, like the murder of a zombie family, and I'm kind of like, okay, like that's a little specific, but like everything else, even surrounding it, isn't. But then the major thing is just so. Yeah, it's like it's so telling it, almost for like a long, like like you said, all of it is sort of so mysterious still and it's like okay these these are the little teases to like the introduction or start of like these characters 
plots well, for season three, I, and then Major, it's just like, here's, like, long-term. Exactly, like, this is what his story is going to be. Yeah. Like that, that's how it comes off, so, I don't yeah, know. It's going to end in episode three, and he's just going to be eye candy for the rest of the season. <laughs> I just think he Zom- deserves better after. Zombie eye candy. Um, yeah, I, uh... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I don't want to prejudge it. Everything else though has me pumped. So yeah, I agree. And then I mean, you you mentioned the promos, so we can sort of segue right into that. Um, two little teaser promos came out. The first one was, like, truly just a, I guess, a teaser in the most honest sense of it was only what 11 seconds long or so. Called Team Z is back. Um, and then we also got a, a promo for yep. New Enemy. Or new enemy they're, is the name of the promo. They're both they're both about the same length. And yeah. They're pretty they're pretty damn similar. Yeah, Sorry, they're pretty much going. the same, but um, but yeah, exactly. A lot of the same footage. Um, I mean, like the same line line from Clive, basically saying, Chris mentioned, you know, Liv drops a line of, of they really do have to be a team going forward, and no more big secrets or anything. Like if they, like they're. They're in like uncharted water at this point, so they really need to work together. And uh, and then you get a fun little line from Clive of about how he he likes he liked being out of the loop on some of this stuff. Um, but I mean, at least for me, I definitely got excited by seeing some of the footage, just because one, I think that my biggest takeaway was more than anything, we are gonna get increased stakes going forward like season three i think is going to be pretty crazy and like really blow the roof off of uh off of i zombie as a whole um we sort of i mean even just there's a little clip of the car crash um possibly like what they're investigating and stuff but again just it looks like a little more action a little more possible violence and uh and it just i think the the threat is such a mystery right now that it has me excited but uh Sean, what are your feelings, like, tying in with sort of what we got off of the the season and episode description and seeing these promos? Like, what what are your takeaways? Well, it's about damn time. <laughs> uh, we are, let's see, this premiered back on Thursday of last week, so we're, like, what, less than a month away by the time we get our first, like, look at season three? Mm-hmm. Come on, ZW, come on. Really? Yeah. You waited this long? I know, right? Um, and I'm just really excited for the season as a whole because it does, as you said, look like the stakes have been raised and it's it's a lot higher than what I'm seeing in good like it's about as high as some of the stakes in these other DC shows. Like it's reaching like if we don't do this, everyone we know and love is going to die sort yeah. of situation, which yeah. we didn't see in season two or even season one. No, like, I definitely agree. Like, season one and two, they, they really play on the fact of, like, they really play into the adjustment to this lifestyle and our immediate characters being involved in it. Um, but now it's, like you said, the threats of possibly, you know, zombies being closer to being exposed and possibly conflicts between these characters and they are all involved now so it definitely i think it'll be really interesting chris anything to add um just that you know 
for as much as things are changing and as much as I agree with you guys about the stakes being higher and everything, uh, I mean, it's only 20, 30 seconds of footage, but it, it felt like the same show. Uh, so that's always good and reassuring. I think it also um, feels like fresh though. Like you said, it's like you get plenty of the same, like between the characters and stuff, but I don't know. It has me excited. Like it still feels like this show is ever changing kind of, and not as predictable as some other shows. Yeah, well, I think, too, it's just, like, um, it, it's, I don't know, there's, like, some fun, fun, definitely some, like, fun, fresh changes, like, even Clive's response, which you brought up, or, uh, I forget what Major's line is in the one promo, too, about, like, kind of getting, like, you know, like, oh, like, we're gonna get, like, shot in the head or something, mm-hmm. like, something, again, like, because now he's, he's actually a zombie, and so, like, I'm excited to see those changes, but, like, I guess just, like, the dialogue and just kind of everything from it, um, it just felt it just felt good to be back in that world, even for 20 or 30 seconds. Um, yeah. And it just, just made me really excited, and, I don't know, this was, like, the best, like, best, like, surprise, too, because I actually, I, I messaged you guys, because I saw this while watching Supernatural last Thursday night, and I hardly ever watch Supernatural live, just because I'm usually doing something on Thursdays. And so I was just, you know, watching it, and all of a sudden the commercial came on, and I, I, like, rewound my TV and, like, watched it again and, like, tried to, like, examine it and, like, all this stuff. So I'm, I'm honestly, all it does is just make me really excited. For what we see in it, there's really not enough to really, like, speculate about, although it does look like that scene, it, I, I guess it looks like we're picking up immediately after Mm-hmm. The Max Ranger massacre, like perhaps even like seconds after, because it looks like that one shot with all the zombies there it looks like it's from Max, the Max Ranger massacre, and I don't know if that's just a clip from the season two finale or if that's new footage. But it could um, be like that. The start of the first episode will be like you know, them, like immediately afterwards, and then we'll jump ahead to maybe a couple weeks later, like. Okay. That's what uh, that uh, that's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming like a little bit of a time jump, even if it's a couple days. But I'm thinking we're gonna pick up right in the moment. Um, Right. Yeah. Which which I don't remember them telling us at Comic Con. Um, I mean, I do remember going back to the live quote from the trailer. I do remember Rose saying that they were gonna do like the No Secrets pack. That they're gonna be like the No Secrets uh, Scooby Doo gang now. Um, something to that effect, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so no, again, I'm just really excited. I'm rambling at this point, not adding anything new. So, uh, also, yeah, oh, um, also I wanted to mention really quickly, I thought it was funny how, um, in the promos major is the only one still in like the, uh, like police squad or whatever, um, like riot gear when they're all back yeah. at the apartment, just a funny little, uh, connection to his possible story going forward for sure but um we have a couple he just, he just finds it really comfy yeah, right. <laughs> um it's not his casual loungewear and then yeah right and then he'll uh he'll just uh swap the logos from like seattle pd or whatever it says to film more great <laughs> <laughs> um but we have a couple other tidbits um the main thing to come out again with season three is that uh, David Anders will actually be singing in the first three episodes of the season. Um, yes. 
He did say he was going to be singing yes. at Comic-Con. He just didn't say how long. So, so it says, the little news article says that um, the first tune is a fun nod to musical not series creator Rob Thomas. Ha. While the, <laughs> while the other two are courtesy of Blaine's new job. Um, <laughs> they are really going to milk that as long as they can. Which... <laughs> Um, but I mean, oh, that's a pre- another pre- pretty big tell, um, is Blaine's new job and what it might circle around. Um, any thoughts? Uh, I don't know who wants to kick it off. We'll go, Sean, any thoughts on what Blaine could possibly be doing that involves singing, especially because it's only these three episodes as of right now? Well, Tornology still human, right? Amnesiac human. Mm-hmm. Cure. So, yep. I w- like initially my brain was like, oh, maybe he's the live music at the zombie bar. Right, that's, yeah. But, but <laughs> I mean, he could do that for any normal human bar, too, to be honest. So, I, that may be it. Maybe. Just finds himself a nice career as a quiet lounge singer maybe even a wedding singer casually performing after ryan gosling in uh la la land Land. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i don't know chris do you i mean how do you feel do you think this tells Uh, too much any guesses i mean obviously not much to go on but no um quickly i guess we should point out too that this comes from uh tvline.com uh they did like a spoiler uh thing on a whole bunch of different shows so if you want to read more about it i mean it's it's really just what blaze read but uh you can check it out over at tv line um but no i mean i kind of was thinking the same thing i was thinking probably like a lounge singer of some sort even because even in the episodes we watched for tonight we uh for or for tonight's even in the episodes we watched for tonight's podcast i can talk uh <laughs> we uh we see him singing again kind of at the piano at uh, Shady Plots. So I feel like that would just fit, like him just on a piano, whether it's at the – well, we don't know what the zombie bar is going to be like either. Like we don't know if it's going to be like like a kind of club bar or if it's going to be like a, like a, you know, a live music type of joint. Um, so I don't know, but definitely I'm thinking if I had to put my money down on something, I'd say – it's a lounge singer. Um, I hope they go like funnier or goofier than that and like make him like some type of like party performer or like he's in a covers band or yeah, some right. crap like that. Like that would be really funny, but but yeah, if I if I had a you know, gun to my head, what would I choose right now? I'd say I'd say lounge singer. I agree. Um I actually also was able to, I actually dug up one additional news piece um, while we've oh. been sitting here um, about Peyton and the love triangle going into season three. So, um, oh, apparently, yes, yeah, so I found an article on TV Guide, um, and it looks like this has been put out, or like picked up by an, enough uh, sources to be talked about but uh apparently in season three um peyton's love triangle will get even more complicated and um one of the suitors blaine or ravi 
um, apparently will does something so shocking that she mean she may never be able to look at them one of them him the same way again. Um, Robbie shaves his beard. <laughs> <laughs> that, honestly, that no, would be hilarious. <laughs> I'm just trolled. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that was uh, another interesting thing to speculate about. I thought it was pretty interesting because what immediately jumps into my mind is not Blaine, but Ravi, because I think, you know, he, after the events in uh, in the end of the season, between the three of them, I feel like Ravi is sort of in a position where he is, isn't, is feeling sort of like emasculated or just not um, as cool as Blaine or like as some of the other guys he's interacted with on the show, um, not as manly per se. So uh, I think it's interesting. Chris, what do you pick up from this? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely, similar to what we said before, I would definitely uh, guess that, um, I would guess that this is Ravi doing something Mm -hmm. uh, because I think even in that, uh, description we read, you know, Blaine is like, seems very happy and content with his life now that he doesn't remember all the bad crap he did. Um, so it would kind of seem odd to then have him do something that's like unforgivable. Um, whereas Ravi seems to be kind of more on that trajectory after the end of last season where, you know, he's forced to kill somebody in order to protect Liv. And, um, and then he also, you know, again, like you said, he kind of he doesn't get to be the one that you know quote unquote saves the girl in the finale because Blaine's there and said um, so yeah I think it makes more sense here for this to be Ravi for what he does I have no idea um, as for the love triangle itself interesting I mean I want Peyton and Ravi together just because I think they're the most I think Rahul and uh, and uh, Allie are, are a blast together and have great chemistry. Not that her and David Anders don't, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just hoping whatever it is, you know, I'm hoping it feels organic. I just don't want it to cause problems for the sake of like we need to make our love triangle interesting. Um, so yeah, that that's the main thing I want. I just want it to feel like it's an organic kind of extension of Ravi's character um, that that this action doesn't feel out of character in any way just to cause drama. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Sean, thoughts? Uh, I really don't have anything to add. <laughs> yeah, this. again, it's like little tidbits, you know. You guys kind of hit all the nails on the head. I just feel like it's pretty straightforward in what they're trying to get us to think I mean, about or like speculate about with revealing this type of information. I mean, the only way Blaine could somehow be do something shocking is, is is like he adopts a puppy or something like weird and completely out of character, which wouldn't make Peyton look at him in a different way. She'd be like, "Oh, that's so cute. Let me touch the puppy," you know. So that that or really, it has to be Robbie. The only other thing I was thinking about was potentially if somehow he gets his memories like back or something yeah. or like and immediately it, like know. twists on them or something or like like he, I I could see him like 
not revealing it if he did get them back, he, and then like, ex- whether he betrays them, whether he double crosses them. Yep, exactly. Like maybe this happens later in the season after he and Peyton have been together for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then she's shocked because, you know, I thought he was this type of guy now, or yeah. I don't know. But I mean, that's that's me reaching. You are the chosen one, Anakin. <laughs> You're supposed to destroy and not join them. Um, just, just give it three more movies, Obi Wan. Just give it three more movies. Yeah. Spoiler alert for the Star Wars sagas. Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert for thirty, what, thirty, almost forty years ago movie. But yeah, I mean, again, I'm very just happy. I'm very happy that all this news is coming out. I almost just want to go dark until the <laughs> until the uh, premiere at this point, but it's exciting for sure. But um, so with that, I guess we'll move right into our episode reviews for the week. We're gonna start off with uh, season two, episode fourteen, titled "Eternal Sunshine of the Caffeinated Mind." Um, two, I mean this one and the next episode, two fun plays on uh, with their titles here. Um, but this episode, I'm going to try to quickly bring up the, uh, the little synopsis that they give you, but, uh, this is the episode where it opens up focused on two coffee shops in Seattle, uh, shocker, and, Mm. (laughs) uh, basically, uh, there is a murder, um, so we basically, the death of the owner of Robbie's favorite coffee, coffee shop, Positivity, um, leaves Liv seeing the bright side to everything around her. Meanwhile, the newly found tainted new utopium has unexpected effects on the latest guinea pig, and Blaine finds himself in a sticky situation, and Liv makes an important discovery about her roommate. Um, or real, tons happens in this episode. Um, I, I remember... Death by air conditioning <laughs> unit. Right? I mean, I remember this episode purely because of the the setting and the people who work at Positivity, the coffee shop, and, uh... But I forgot how much actually sort of, like, gets slid into this episode. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the main thing is that they open up... I thought it was funny to see them open up with Ravi being almost like a focal point at a crime scene just because we're so used to him either not being there at all or you know only being a part of the um the team to get brought in after the fact um so it's pretty interesting but um yeah this this basically we get to see Liv go on a overly positive like happiness brain i don't know i guess how else to to describe it except for she is very uh positive throughout the episode uh, Chris, what did you, I guess, like about this episode? What What were some of your like immediate takeaways? Um, for immediate takeaways, again, this is just a a really fun brain. Um, and again, like Rose just does a really great job. Uh, I like still remember, like you know, even before I saw this line, like her line delivery for something like he sounds like a hoot, talking about like the the real estate agent and stuff like that. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, or it's just, it's, it's, it's really fun. And like her talking to Ravi and, uh, and saying like, Oh, he asks like, Oh, is Jennifer Lawrence in my league? And she goes, she'd be lucky to have you. Uh, 
uh, things like that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, um, so I think it's like really fun in that way. You know, it's not too, too surprised. I mean, it's surprising, I guess, how everything goes down with the case of the week. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not too surprising that it, like the daughter was behind it. It's just kind of, I guess, more surprising that she ends up getting away because the dumb pretend French dude decides to take the fall for Um, I actually rewatching or Gilbert rewatching. I definitely noticed like a lot more. um, I guess that the daughter was so clearly um, guilty, I guess, or like behind it all from the start. I mean, like obviously the like first time watching, you know, they, they kind of like tease you back and forth. Like, Oh, she's the one that sends her mom outside and stuff. Um, But uh, yeah, but this time around, like I even noticed little things, like in the background, she, uh, like when the when the mom walks outside, she's like the first one to like already be looking over there and stuff. Like when they, because they're focused on Robbie in the shot. But I I don't know. I, I kind of picked up on a little more tells and also the actress's uh, delivery on a bunch of lines and stuff. Um, it, it was like fun. Like you said, it's a fun case of the week, and it, I think it's just even more fun. To, to go back to now, just knowing sort of how it plays out, to pick up on things. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of picking up on things, um, now knowing that Blaine is becoming a zombie again in this episode, you can really pick up on that easily, too, with, like, you know, he doesn't think the wine tastes good, and uh, and there's other other little hints that happen before he... Uh, he sleep. He uh. He sleeps with uh, the the assistant whose name is escaping me. Uh, um, is it Candy? Is it Candy? I I thought I'm it was, pretty uh, sure it's Candy. I, I I'm okay. yeah. Um. So yeah, like there's little hints like that which are good too, and then we also like we also get the reveal about Drake. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a lot of like stuff again, kind of being, um jam-packed in the episode if i had one kind of complaint i'd say it feels a little overstuffed especially with the with the drake reveal Mm -hmm. like i feel like that's something i mean i like that we know it but it just it kind of felt like off with the rest of the episode um and uh but yeah overall again really really solid i'll let you guys talk about it though yeah i mean sean what did you kind of enjoy about this episode how how did this uh how did this one kind of fit in for you with every everything else going on well i remember i definitely remember live tweeting this episode because i did make a really bad pun when at the very beginning of the episode where the air condition fell i went oh that's just cold (laughs) (laughs) and i remember laughing to myself about that because it was the worst pun I could make with this episode. But this shows the dangers of too much caffeine, uh, both positive and negative, um, as does the next episode with Supermax. But um, I don't know. There's not really much to say other than who was this girl's father and why is she just so menacingly evil? Like, <laughs> Right. She clearly did not get that from her mother. Maybe she's another Von Duclark offspring. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. 
I mean, if you've if you've ever watched Hannibal, the actress's uh, actress's dad and that was a serial killer. So, just saying. She's 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 a main part of Hannibal. Hmm. But continue. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. For me, at least, like I sort of agree. This, I think, like the the reason I like the reasons I enjoyed this episode are the key word would be subtlety behind it all. Like, you know, you get the little update on uh, Robbie experimenting with the tainted utopium and how that quickly fails. Um, you get the return of Pam in this episode, which I love. <laughs> um, she had some good... Oh, Pam. <laughs> some good lines I wrote down um, when they find her in the bathtub originally. She just says, and uh, Clive pulls his gun or whatever. And she's like, quote... I see a big old gun and no body cameras, so that's how this is gonna go down, huh? And then, yeah. and then when, and <laughs> is then, anyone gonna leave me in peace? <laughs> and then again, she she drops a line to Clive about like, oh, like that's the system talking. And she, yeah, I love, I love her. her I see your lips moving, but that's the system talking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just love the. Uh... I just love how like positive Liz Liv is about her now too. It's like, yeah. oh, she's a sweet soul. We we were we were friends in prison. Like, and I'm like, yeah, because you go back and you remember that episode. It's she like was Liv had to kill her. Yep, she had to do everything <laughs> in her power not to crack her skull open and eat her brain. But, um, yeah. <laughs> and then even like continuing, um. Like, I also loved, I think one of my low-key favorite parts of this episode is the Chinatown movie reference in relation to Blaine. Mm -hmm. And how that, one, how that idea has, lets Stacy Boss basically, like, connect everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, I think there's been a nice, like, quiet build-up between, of the, you know, sort of what's really going on between Blaine and Boss in the background. And just how in uh, the other recent episode before this, you know, the boss sees Blaine for the first time and just is reminded of him. And then in this episode, they introduce us to whatever that henchman's name is. And uh, and again, he reminds he kind of recognizes uh, who Blaine is, but I, what I, what I love again is just how smart, how criminally smart they, they make this rivalry between rivalry between Blaine and Boss, um, because one, when that guy, when the henchman, you know, leaves and calls Blaine Chinatown, we like Blaine immediately knows that he is a goner, and that is when he very quickly, I think, starts putting into plan. That he his, needs to become a zombie again, or else he's gonna die. And and then with Boss too, how as soon as the guy explains everything to him, he is able to put everything together. And I just love that. I I really enjoy how these these two antagonists are always trying to become one step ahead of one another, and it's just like this competition to outsmart each other for power. Well, yeah, and I like, too, it's like, because ultimately, like, Mr. Boss wins this episode. Like, he, if if Blaine's never been a zombie, and just, and has never taken, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. the the cure doesn't revert him back at that instant. Like, 
he's he's screwed. He's dead. And like that's it. And um and so it's kind of like is it convenient? Sure, but it's also like you said a nice way to kind of raise the stakes of the rivalry between the two of them. And it's all, and it's also like Blaine I think after this realizes even more and we see it in the next episode, you know, not diving into it just yet, but like, wow, I really should not be screwing with the utopium mm-hmm. like trade right now. Cause it's not, it's not going to go well for me or my guys. Yeah. And that's like, uh, yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's just like, I really appreciate and just enjoy this like back and forth sort of when, there's so much focus on the Max Rager side of things in, like, the forefront. Um, but, I don't know, I, I just thought that that was, like, a very nice, uh, like, episode plot to kind of involve both of these characters and just continue to develop them. Definitely, and it helps bring uh, Stacy Boss back into, like, the fold again, kind mm-hmm. of. Because... Again, if there's one weakness, I'd say, of season two of iZombie, it's it's almost like it tries to do too much. And as great as Max Rager and Mr. Boss are on their own, trying to balance both of them in a 19-episode season is a little tough. Um, and so I think it's this is one of those episodes that does a really a really good job with it. Yeah, and uh, and let's not forget at the end of this episode. Um, Major stops by to Liv's apartment, and uh, he has a little slip of tongue before he walks out, and uh, and it reveals to Liv that uh, her roommate Gilda is actually also Rita, um, and we get one of my favorite, if not my favorite, moment of the season when we just get to see Liv wind up and clock her, um, Sean. Did you enjoy this as much as I did? I saw it coming, uh, even the first time watching it. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, no. She, she's going to come home, <laughs> and Major's going to be there, and Major's going to do something stupid, and she's going to do something stupid, which then you know sort of goes into the following episode, leading into more stupidity in the Duke Clark lineage uh i i like that it's a punch and not a slap yes too. exactly and i think and also i think it's yeah like, and also i like um i think that it's sort of and if this continues into the next episode which we'll get to but um i just really think that it's major just kind of getting tired of the crap he has to put up with and he's just like you know what like because i you know i think he already he like came to terms obviously with uh with Max Rager already threatening Liv and using that against him. But now he finds out sort of like how deep into things or how deep rooted into his life they actually are. And I think he's just like, screw this. Well, go ahead, Sean. It's, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit too. Um, crap. I'm trying to remember what, what the thought was. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Uh, no, basically, I was just going to say, I'm glad to speak, you know, moving away from the punch part of it and the reveal about Gilda being Rita. 
um, which I think it's kind of up to us whether Major really made that slip up on purpose or not, which I think you could say he did, but I liked that he is telling Liv in that moment, and yeah, we don't get the mm-hmm. chance for him to actually do that, but I'm glad he's kind of finally wising up and that he also is, he brings up season one again, too, where it's like, I know that you tried to keep this a secret for me to protect me, you know, but I don't want to do this anymore with that. And then, yeah, like I, I just like that. Yeah, does he go through with it? No, because Rita slash Gilda's right there. She comes in, that kind of screws up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But that he, that he was, he's kind of finally coming to his senses about it and realizing, you know what, I might need Liv's help here. Mm-hmm. And then, um. My it only... does perfectly set up for Peyton to move back in, though. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's... I remembered what I was going to say, because she was still on the happiness brain. Like, it was starting to <laughs> fade away, but her being so pissed off at yeah. Rita slash Gilda broke through that brain, which mm-hmm. was impressive. I just, like... You did what now? <laughs> yeah, that's why it's such. That's why I enjoy it so much because if you think about how she's been acting the entire episode, and then she just like hell no, she's not gonna deal with that. Exactly. And then the only two other things I had from this episode, just little funny moments. Um, one, I love the moment when Robbie is talking to the girl in the coffee shop and at the uh, like open mic, and he—it sort of feels like he thinks he's getting somewhere, and she's like, "Oh, like I've never seen Star Wars." The Millennium and just, Falcon is that the new thing from Four? And just the, the millennials—the look of disgust yeah. on his face. I had a I had a similar experience to this a couple weeks ago, so I am like. <laughs> Well, not 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 a Star Wars thing, but I'm like, this girl found out what I did for a living, uh, and I was like, yeah, I cover TV shows and stuff, and she was like, oh, that's really cool. She's like, but you should cover movies, and I was like, well, I, I love, I was like, well, I love movies. I was like, I go see them a whole bunch, and she was like, oh yeah, she's like, I'm a real big fan of foreign films, and I was like, oh okay, like, kind of hipstery, but fine. And I was like, sure. I was like, oh, which ones do you like? And like. I bring up all these different foreign films to her that I've seen, and she hasn't seen any of them, and then she doesn't bring up any of the other ones, and I kind of just wanted to look at her and be like, do you really like foreign films? Or, like... <laughs> and it was kind of in that Robbie way where I was just like, yeah, I thought you actually liked movies, but this conversation's pretty much over right. now. Not as bad as not liking Star Wars, or not seeing Star Wars, but similar. Anyway, this, has, then... been a, this has been Chris's dating advice. And then lastly, Chris, I know you'll probably appreciate this one because I'm, I know for a fact I have brought this up to you in the past, but um, this was also the first time I re-heard uh, the Zooby Zooby Zoo song. I was going to bring... Men, and it yeah. always gets stuck in my head. I was going to bring that up, but I wasn't sure if, A, you'd remember it from Mad oh, Men, please, no. or... Yeah, I literally even looking back at my old review, I have like it's impossible. In, it's in my other notes section uh, from my review on TV Overmind. It's impossible for me to hear Zooby Zooby Zoo and not think of Megan and Mad Men. And I, yeah, I have I have a link to it, and yeah, that's a. It's just like it's the only the only three times I've heard that song, Mad Men. The first time I saw this Eye Zombie episode, and now this time, and it's 
it's so rare and few, it always gets stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. It's just... I just, again, I always think of that Mad Men season premiere with Don Draper sitting there, and then she performs it, and he's just kind of like, what like, the hell? And then, uh, what's, who's the guy? Uh, he's like, the the foreign guy, the guy with the glasses in Mad Men, who's like, really like, almost like, turned on by it. Oh, 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 the, uh, I, I don't remember his I name. Yeah, you know the actor uh, that I'm talking, you know who I'm thinking of, but, yeah. because yeah. he's in love, the actor. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, he plays Mickey's ex-boyfriend in love, yeah. He's always, like, the creep around the yep. office. Yeah, yeah, anyway, this is not a Mad Men podcast, but, um. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, For another day, for another day. Yeah. Do either of you have anything else you want to add about this episode? I mean, that's kind of all I had to say really made me wish I had a cup of coffee. Um, there was no coffee creamer in my house, and I don't like my coffee black. There was nothing to change the flavor of my coffee this morning. Um, little side note, um, got woken up a bit too early this morning because my mom wanted to complain about the fact that there's no milk in the house to me like it was my fault. So basically when you needed your coffee the most... It wasn't available the way you like it. I had to go and get a Mountain Dew Kickstart from Taco Bell, as well as breakfast from Taco Bell, because there was no food in my house for breakfast. Okay. And eventually my girlfriend did bring me, like, one of those Java monsters when she picked me up earlier today. So I did get my coffee eventually. There you go. Nice. I'm not, not when a big, I needed it. I'm not a big coffee guy, so this is lost on me. But <laughs> the whole, even the whole design, I was like, oh, I guess that kind of looks good, but never had a like coffee latte design like that. Yeah, not for sure. But uh, but yeah, no, I have. I, I had have like the basic heart, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm an iced coffee guy, so that's pretty much. There's no kind of cool designs you can really do with that. Um, <laughs> no, especially this time of year it, in Southern California, where it's slightly cold in the morning, and then becomes uh, about as hot as the surface of the sun throughout the rest of the day. Iced uh, coffee is usually the way to go. I would t- I still drink it even when it's 20 degrees out, but. Uh, I like yeah. a nice warm cup during the colder months. <laughs> but this is not a pot coffee colder podcast either. But, uh, but it is relevant to Seattle. <laughs> it is. But yeah, uh, I have nothing really else to add about uh, this episode. Um, so we can move on to the next one if you guys want to. Absolutely. Um, yeah, sure. Nothing else to add. So that takes us into Season 2, Episode 15. He blinded me! With science. With science. <laughs> um, so this with science. this is another pretty fun episode because uh, it's what is it? Is it research scientist brain? Yep. Is that right? Okay. Um, so not only live but also Blaine. They both go on research scientist brain, and um, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, well, I just I remember I remember this episode as the one where Liv looks like Rose. 
Yes, exactly. Where <laughs> um, it was Rose playing Liv playing Rose. Yeah. Um, if we if we want if we want to get uh, meta about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so this episode focuses on um, the murder of a research scientist who was recently demoted at her job. And uh, Liv and Clive are shocked to learn where she had been employed. Uh, meanwhile, Blaine play, pays Ravi a visit at the morgue, and Liv discovers something new about Drake. Um, lastly, Von de Clark confronts Major. Um, I just want to quickly put in how I love that this episode opens up with Blaine, and that the little like comic tagline at the bottom of the screen says "The meals on the bus," <laughs> because Blaine is sitting there. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I, it like opened up and I just started dying because yeah, exactly. I just either didn't remember or didn't catch that the first time. <laughs> and just wait, was rant. it was it this episode or the previous episode with the brain stew? because uh, I was gonna make a really bad Green Day joke. I'm not sure. Hmm. I but, took a picture of it. But yeah, I love that. And then when he's when. and then when he's sitting there and he just says to the guy, he's just like. Ah, hungry like the wolf. And the guy's just like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, Sean, uh, feel free to insert as many Green Day jokes as you want, but why don't you kick us off with this episode? What were your thoughts? It definitely was kind of silly. This was, let's see. Yeah, because season two was going on right around the same time Limitless was on. So you kind of saw like similar thought processes mm-hmm. that, say, Brian would have on Limitless. The canceled, but oh so, oh so, underrated show from CBS based off of the movie. Um, but I digress. It's another reason why I'm not a fan <laughs> of CBS. Uh, but you know, just like seeing Liv like sometimes have those little like diagrams pop up and like her mental space was kind of fun. And at the same time, like when Blaine and Liv were in the same room with Robbie, Robbie's like, okay, shut up, you guys. I get it. You're smarter than me right now. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> and Robbie just felt like the dumb one in the room. Yeah, right. I enjoyed that aspect of it and how, yeah, exactly how he just would cut them off and be like, okay, okay. <laughs> Because it's, like, the one thing that he brings to the team is his scientific back... You know, like, more than anything, at least. Um, not that it's the only thing, but... Yeah, he brings it's his, his scientific... British charm and wit as well. <laughs> he still had that this episode. Well, the, cra- the crazy thing is, too, it's, is how actually important this brain ends up being because Liv helps him kind of potentially oh, yeah. crack the cure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, like... There's so much more build-up and continuation into this episode, and I think I definitely agree with you, Chris. Like, I think that's such a nice aspect because um, even though we don't really get to, they don't touch on it much in the previous episode. But that you know his his immediate uh, attempt just straight up fails, and uh, and you know they've been going, they've been trying this like so many different ways, so many different. Uh, like with rats and everything over such a long period of time, um, you know, it's obviously can't be easy for him to be trying to do do this in his free time and kind of feel like he's letting them down. <sighs> he's letting all of humanity down. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, 
Chris, what were your like biggest points in this episode? I have a couple written down, but I'm kind of curious to see if you guys have any that match up. Um, I mean, just that. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to remember it all now. Uh, I think again, it's kind of like I, I like that we. Uh, the main, I guess, the main thing that sticks out to me is kind of everything that happens at Max Rager, from Lives. You know, sort of trying to figure everything out to obviously the kind the the ending with Vaughn and and Rita, which is like, I still even rewatching it now was like, goddamn, like it's just so cold. Yeah. And like, if you didn't think Vaughn Du Clark was the worst, well, guess what? Here's your proof. <laughs> he is. And um, I also think it's a like. I also thought it, it's like it's such a it almost is just such a funny parallel like I don't know if funny is even the right word but how in the beginning of the episode um, you know he finds out about Major sleeping with Rita and then he assumes that Major like physically abused her and he like flips out and and it's like you know they it's it's played up in a way that it's like even though he's like he's on Supermax and everything, so he's roid raging. Um, you know, it, it plays... They try to set it up like he, he cares about her, and that, like, you know, this is that this is not what he wanted or not what he planned, sort of. And I think he also feels a little betrayed or, like, weird because it's like he... I think it's, like, where he thought, sort of, he was in control of, like, both Rita and Major and, like, building a f- relationship with Major... It's all of a sudden like major is sort of in a little bit of the power seat. No, definitely, yeah. Um, I I think so, and then it's also. I just wonder too how much of Vaughn's behavior in this episode period was influenced by Supermax. Like even was like was le- leaving Rita there to to die, potentially. Uh, part of that. Um, but yeah, no, it is kind of good to see. It's kind of, I mean, I don't, not necessarily good to see Rita, you know, become a zombie. Although her, you know, presumably taking out the zombie with her, uh, with her, with her heels, pretty cool. But uh, it's it's kind of good to see, you know, that it's not just the good guys that are mm-hmm. kind of taking all the hits that, and that you know, Vaughn and Max Rager aren't as invincible as they seem. Um, but again, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, it's not that this episode is bad by any means, because I don't think it's bad. I I just, to me, it's like, it ends so strongly that that's kind of where I am, like, thinking about everything from whether it's the, you know, whether it's that ending scene, whether it's uh, Drake getting, getting taken by Major, uh, whether it's Blaine deciding to take the cure, um... There's a lot there that I think is just, you know, really strong in those kind of closing moments. And uh, one last thing I want to add before I forget, um, nice shout out to the iZombie comics with Liv going undercover by the name of Gwen, Mm -hmm. um, since that's her name in the actual comics. So I thought that was cool. But yeah, I mean, really to me, this episode's all about how strongly it it ends. And uh, I think it's just... uh, Sorry, I think 
that it, it's kind of a transition episode in a way where this sets up, you know, the, the, the final four episodes of the season in a really strong way. But on its own, it, I don't know how well it works, I guess. I agree. I think it's like the cl- closest thing to like a filler episode we get on the show or like, yep. which again, they, I think, utilize the... filler episodes well to fill in like little bits of information. I mean, because basically the the whole case is just an excuse for Liv to, you know, have a vision of zombies down in Max Ranger mm-hmm. so that she knows what's going on there. I mean, that's really the main point. And it's also, you know, you have Basio and, and Clive finding out that it's actually human brains that they're dealing with. Like, yeah, it, it's these little things that kind of need to happen in order yeah. for the next the next phase of the story to really kick in. And it's still entertaining because it's iZombie and it's always entertaining. Um, but just compared to, like, some of the stronger episodes from the season, this one falls a little short. I also agree that, really quickly, sorry, um, with uh, with when Major does, is in that whole situation with uh, Vaughn and Rita, just the little smirk he gives, and when Vaughn is like, you think this is funny? Because Major just for once, again, coming off of last episode with his, whether, uh, th- this scene is why I think he intentionally um, used Rita's name yeah. when leaving the apartment, just because as soon as he sees her and the black eye, he immediately knows what happened and who did it, and he is so happy about it because, again, it's, it's, a, it's a tiny win for him in such a screwed-up situation he's gotten pulled into. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I also wanted to talk about Clive and Basio. Um, Sean, what are your thoughts? Like, how did you like this development kind of, or, or I guess, you know, the, the points that Chris touched on? There, there was a little bit of development. Like it, it did help. It is purely a setup episode. Mm -hmm. Like it is a fillery episode, but at the same time, it is 100% a setup. So if you like, only caught this episode you would have no idea what's going on it would make absolutely no sense out of context and if you didn't watch beyond that you'd just be left wondering what what does this all mean so certain episodes of iZombie can be considered standalone even though they are part of the bigger narrative this is just not one of those episodes Mm -hmm. like with any of these slightly serialized crime drama shows, you can kind of jump in at any point and be fine, but at the same time, there will be little in-season clues that will tie it together to the overall narrative. And then there's this episode, which kind of doesn't fall into it, into that sort of pattern. So... Yeah. It was still a fun episode, regardless. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely the agree. The sciencey brains and seeing Major being <sighs> very snarky made me very <laughs> happy. Yeah. yeah. And, and I... that's one last thing I'd like to touch on with the sciencey brain is I really enjoy um, with how, you know, it's revealed to the audience everything going on with Drake in the previous episode, but now how that leads Liv to kind of question him. And uh, I really enjoy it just when they go to the bar and then um, that she she discovers his um, involvement with Stacy Boss, even though she still doesn't know 
that he's undercover, and then, um, and then at the ending, you know, he gets snatched, and she's left alone at the pirate restaurant with kind of all these things to, to give her the wrong impression about, like, who he is and why he ditched her. Yeah, it's a, it's another kind of, it's like a, a little bit of a cliffhanger, but it's again one of those kind of like emotional ones in a way that I think really works well. It reminds me sort of of when the Fifty Shades of Grey one ended with Liv sleeping with Drake and kind of not knowing mm-hmm. really, like kind of second guessing who he was. Um, yeah, I I agree with you there. It's it's that kind of works well together and also again sets up like well Major took Drake like. There's obvi- and obviously Major has no idea that Drake is dating Liv, mm-hmm. and the order to get Drake came from Blaine, so it's all like kind of tied up together. Um, also, completely off topic, but Blaine's entrance into the morgue is one of the best <laughs> things the show's ever done. The brains, brains. Yeah. Um, just I I missed I missed Zombie Blaine a little bit, but uh, but yeah, that's... one one little thing. Um... Shout out to whoever's uh, on the Flash Podcast Twitter account right now, because we just got a shout out from them uh, as they are uh, live tweeting the Flash. Uh, the iZombie promo just hit for this episode of the Flash today. Oh, very nice. We'll have to check that out then. Okay. Very cool. It's, it's probably the same promo, to be honest. <laughs> probably. But, I mean, that's at least all of, like, the points I wanted to touch on. Any of you have anything additional to get into, or...? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. Like I said, I, I enjoy these episodes for what they are, but I think maybe, I think the next, the, these final yeah. four of the se- season, we're going to have more to dig into. And the, for, for me, out of these two, the first one was definitely the, had a lot more that I was, like, interested Yeah. In. I guess, like, whoa, to talk about. Yeah, there's a little more to talk about in that one. Again, I kind of remember this one because Rose actually looks like Rose, and it was like, I remember seeing the preview images for it and being like, oh, and then obviously she had to be happy to not have to wear, like, the makeup and the wig mm-hmm. <laughs> that day. Um, so that, it was kind of a fun idea uh, to, to, to have them actually give Rose an opportunity to do that, but as an episode itself, it's it's not it's not the worst by any means. Um but it's not one of the more memorable episodes of season two. Sean? Uh, I'm looking forward to these last couple episodes as this sort of brought back the hype for just how crazy these next four episodes mm-hmm. will be. So I there's not much agree. else to say All other right. than it's, it was a fun episode to rewatch, but there's not much to talk about besides that well with that we can talk about ourselves and move into our uh, plugs as we close this episode out so uh <laughs> so sean uh what do you got going on where where do you want people to look you up at you will be able to find me over at snarky sean on twitter um, I'm basically live tweeting everything I watch except for iZombie for this very reason. Um, once the show comes back on, I'll like actually live tweet and, you know, watch the episode a billion times just to dissect it thoroughly. But here, as I rarely have time to even watch 
anything. I'm scrambling to just watch it once. <laughs> so, yeah. Up, up next on the whole live tweet thing is, let's see, some 90s children's cartoons, including Ren and Stimpy, weirdly enough, Harvey Birdman, Attorney in Law, which is not a children's show, uh, SpongeBob, and uh, there's one other that I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, but yeah. And oh, also... I have my other podcast, which I haven't recorded an episode in a while, but uh, that's the Geekishly Toku podcast. Talk about Power Rangers, talk about all the other superhero shows, movies right around the corner. I'm going to go see it as soon as I possibly can, so be sure to look out for that. And also another thing I'm neglecting is my editorial duties over at the Marvel Report. School just takes the life and fun out of me, so... I've got my stuff up there. Guardians of the Galaxy is back in terms of the animated series. Um, there's the animated shorts that are online, as well as the first three episodes, which I need to get around to reviewing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's me. And uh, Chris, how about you? Uh, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at CKinger13. Uh, that's where you'll find all my reviews tweeted out for... Uh, New Girl, Supergirl, Arrow, and iZombie when it returns. Um, they're over on TVOverMind.com. That's where you'll find most of my writing. Also, be on the lookout. Blaze and I will be doing uh, video reviews for the first season of Iron Fist for the Marvel Report. And, uh, yeah, not exactly excited as, as excited about it anymore because I hear the show's kind of crappy. But whether we say good things or bad things, be sure to check those out. Peace Absolutely. Out. And you can find me, as always, at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. Um, I have a bunch of stuff coming out on TV Overmind. Um, Flash reviews, Supergirl reviews. Um, always on the Marvel Report as well, like Chris said, doing video reviews for Iron Fist. Um, hopefully getting back into comics uh, and some reviews for that now that my schedule is becoming a little more stable. But, um, but yeah, same places as usual. And... Um, you know, thanks for listening, guys. You can find us, obviously, uh, at iZombie Radio on Twitter, um, iZombie Radio on Facebook. Uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher, um, on iTunes. You know, drop us some positive reviews, some five-star reviews, and uh, we love doing this. So we'll uh, continue to pump these episodes out. And uh, also, don't forget to support the DC TV Podcast Network. Uh, a bunch of great stuff always coming out on there, and some uh, some fun episodes ahead with all of these uh, superhero shows and comic shows uh, kind of finishing up their seasons. But that'll do it for us this week. Um, once again, thanks for listening to iZombie Radio, and we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>